The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Good morning, everybody. This is Emma speaking. It is a Sunday morning. I'm sitting here with my coffee and I'm going to record a little solo episode. So I asked on our Instagram stories out of two topics, which one were you most excited to hear about? The first one is how to stop keeping yourself small. And the second was how to listen to your gut. And I think it was about 65% of the votes were for stop keeping yourself small. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I, of course, want to do one on listening to your gut as well, because like I said in the stories, so many founders we talk to say listening to their gut is one of the biggest things that has helped them be successful in business. And that's great in theory, but how do we do it? And so I do want to get to that episode at some point. But for today, I'm really excited to talk about how we can stop keeping ourselves small. So I've broken it down into three sections. First, I'm going to go through some examples of what keeping yourself small looks like. So maybe you can identify if, you know, these are some things that you could potentially work on and see if you can identify some ways you're holding yourself back. Then I want to dive into why we do this. I think it's important to understand where these behaviors come from. And then we're going to talk about how to stop how to stop keeping ourselves small, how to give ourselves the best chance of reaching our full potential in whatever way that looks like. And yeah, I think it's going to be fun. So let's get into it. Actually, before we get into it, let me give some background on why I'm talking about this in the first place. So first of all, it's something that I've experienced a lot in my life. Throughout my 20s in general, I've worked to seek a greater level of awareness with myself. And through that awareness, I've identified ways that I've held myself back a lot due to fear of what people would think, due to thinking there's parts of me that should stay hidden away. And so I've just personally done a lot of researching and learning about why and how, and then couple that with the fact that I'm just finishing up my master's in psychology right now. Obviously, there's a lot of overlap With that, and when I'm done my master's, I will be becoming a registered psychotherapist. And this is something I hope to help people work on when I'm working with patients in the future. And so that's part of how I've built this understanding. And a lot of this is my opinion as well. Based on my own experiences, I've seen a lot of it play out in the real world, in my own life, and then through that and my reading and my research. I think we've got some pretty good content here. So with that being said, now let's get into it. It is time for the brand we're loving this week. And this week we wanted to shout out three ships. So if you're an OG, they get it listener, you would have heard Connie Lowe on our podcast. She's one of the co-founders of three ships. They are a clean, natural beauty line, female founded, Canadian made, and they are affordable products, simple, effective. I recently ordered a cleanser, a cream, 
and the dew drops. And honestly, I'm so impressed with all the products. The cleanser, I got the aloe one. It's so gentle. It smells so good. It doesn't strip your skin, but it leaves it with that really clean feeling. And you guys, the dew drops the dew drops, okay? They're hyaluronic acid and vitamin C. You can mix them with your foundation or put them on under your makeup. They make your skin so dewy, so plump. Oh my gosh, you guys, like they're not a joke, okay? So go try out the dew drops or any of their products from everything I've tried so far. I've loved. Use our code THEYGETIT20 for 20% off your order and thank us later. So what does keeping yourself small look like? Let's run through some examples. First off, if you decide that you don't have what it takes to go after the things you want. How often do we see someone doing something, see someone achieving something, we compare ourselves to them, we say, oh, they have something I don't. I could never do that. Yeah, I would love to do X, Y, Z, but I don't have what it takes. Sound familiar? Second, you use pre-assumed failure as an excuse to not try in the first place. So this ties in with the first part. You just think, I can do that. I don't have what it takes. Okay, well, if you're telling yourself that, <laughs> yeah, you don't. Thoughts become things, right? And this is why it's so important to pay attention to the things we're saying to ourselves because that manifests into reality. Three, you ignore your natural desires and you pick the route that's practical even if it drains your energy. Another one is that you victimize yourself. You avoid taking responsibility. And yeah, and a lot of times you might be a victim. You might be a victim of someone's poor treatment. Someone did something awful to you and that's terrible. Yes, you could be a victim, but my question for you is what good comes from that victim mindset? What power do you have when you're victimizing yourself to change your situation? Not much. And so when I catch myself, because I do this all the time, it's like, oh, I can't believe this person would do that. Or because they did this, now I'm in this spot. When really life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. This is something I come back to a lot because yeah, it's easy to become a victim. It totally is. It's just ask yourself, you know, where's the power? How do I have power when I'm putting myself in this victim mindset? Another example is that you close yourself off. You keep your desires and your passions to yourself because you assume others won't care or understand. I feel this one a lot. I have very, very often held myself back from being my true self around people because I think they'll think it's silly or stupid or whatever. Yeah. Another is that you avoid situations that bring about feelings of inadequacy, insecurity, or fear. So if there's a situation that you know those uncomfortable feelings are going to bring up, you just completely avoid it rather than facing it and then seeing that, oh, I could do it. Oh, I'm not inadequate. Oh, I can do this thing. Experience is such a powerful thing in changing our mindset. And so if we're actively avoiding experiences that will help us realize our potential, then we keep ourselves small, right? Another is that you wait for opportunities to present themselves instead of creating opportunities for yourself. You can create an opportunity anytime you want. That was a big part of this podcast. I wanted something where I could flex my creative muscles more, where I could share thoughts and beliefs. And in today's day and age, with the power of the internet and all the different mediums for putting out content, if you want to create something, you can create it. You totally can. And opportunities are just everywhere. One of the final examples of how we keep ourselves small is that we get this belief of we don't think it's possible to shift our baseline, right? So if you frame things as this is just the way I am, I'm just an anxious person. I overthink things. That's just what I do. 
Okay. But the fact of the matter is nothing has to be a part of you unless you decide it is. That's not saying that it's easy to change. And I want to be mindful of people who struggle with, you know, serious mental illness and intrusive thoughts and all of that. I understand how daunting and overwhelming it can feel. But the longer you go believing that you don't have the power to change it, the longer it has power over you. Okay, so those are some examples of how we keep ourselves small. And as I'm reading off this list, there's so many of these, if not all of them, that I have done in my own life. I'm not preaching this saying, oh my gosh, you guys do these things and I don't. Like, Not at all. The reason I'm sharing this episode is because I've noticed so much of this in myself. I still do have parts of this in myself, absolutely. So I'm not trying to say like holier than thou at all. I just think it's important to be able to start to develop that awareness. Okay, so now that we've gone through some examples, let's talk about why this happens. Why do we develop these beliefs? So I believe that we all start out as true expressions of ourselves. Think of who you were when you were like three years old or four. For me, I was pretty extra. Like I was wearing three to four outfits every day. I had a very powerful imagination, always coming up with funny stories. And I was sweet. I was caring. And I think back to that little girl often as who I aim to be in my adult life. Like I want to show up as that little girl because I know that is me and my true expression of myself. And I think we all start out from that place. But then throughout our childhoods and our teenage years, we get conditioned to behave in such a way that leads us to believe our true nature is inherently flawed or bad in some way. And this can come from so many different influences. Even if you have great parents who want you to be your individual self and empower you, you could be bullied. You could be around teachers that make you believe a certain way. Grandparents, like there's so many influences that when our brains are so young and malleable, we take on to believe as truths. And so as kids, then we learn to suppress parts of ourselves in an effort to behave in the right way. Now, it might have been the right way when we were kids. Maybe this is what kept us safe. Maybe this is what ensured that we were going to feel a sense of belonging. But when these beliefs follow us into adulthood, they have the potential to quiet our authentic selves. They don't serve us anymore and they prevent us from reaching our potential. So it's really important then to seek to understand what are those beliefs that I have taken on as a truth that is actually not a truth. But like I said, it's important to remember that these beliefs have been with us for a long, long time. And at one point they served us. Another thing that always stays with us is a desire to be accepted by others and to please others. It's unavoidable. It's in our DNA, even if it's subconscious. There will always be a part of us that cares what others think of us. And that's why it's so easy for these beliefs about ourselves to stay present into adulthood long past the time that they actually served us. So to sum this point up, if we were taught to suppress certain parts of ourselves as children, we are likely to continue to suppress them long into adulthood unless we take the conscious action to no longer do so. So an exercise here could be to stop and think, you know, what beliefs did I develop my about myself as a kid? For me, I can think of a few examples. I'm ditzy. I'm not that smart. Yeah, I'm not really someone to be taken seriously. What else? I'm vain. Um, I'm materialistic. Oh gosh, there's so many more. But these are things that, yeah, I somehow picked up along the way that carried with me into adulthood and as a result held me back. Another reason why we keep ourselves small can be easily explained through a classic quote. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't. 
So even if we aren't fulfilled, even if we know we're destined for more, if we have this feeling in our intuition of who we could actually be, our comfort zone is just too comfortable. You know, change is scary. Even if we know what we truly desire is on the other side of that change, it's still terrifying. And so a lot of the times, that's why we stay small. We stay in that comfort zone because it is comfortable. Okay, so hopefully now we have a better sense of where these things can come from. It's it's a very individual thing for each person. But like I said, I think through our quest for belonging and through our childhood where we do need other people to actually sustain our lives, we become very hyper aware of people's thoughts about us and that can change our beliefs about ourselves and thus keep us small. I think this is especially true if you are an empathetic or sensitive person and you're highly attuned to people around you. You learn to behave in a way that you think people want you to behave. And that can be really detrimental when we're actually trying to stretch our wings and reach our potential. So now let's talk about how we stop, how we stop keeping ourselves small. I think one of the biggest things for me is to surround yourself with supportive people. I swear this is one of the biggest life hacks out there, not only for reaching your potential, but just in living a happy life. Find people who support you and want to see you be your true self. The support I've had in my friendships over this journey throughout my 20s to stop holding myself back has been so instrumental in successfully being able to do that. And if you don't have supportive people, I'll be a supportive person. You can message me, DM us on Instagram. I would love to support you. Okay, second, this one is more challenging. Foster self-awareness and seek to discover the ways in which you are keeping yourself small. You cannot stop suppressing if you are not aware of what you are suppressing or how you're holding yourself back. So awareness has to be the first step when we aim to stop keeping ourselves small. How do we do this? For me, meditation has been one of the biggest ways I've worked on my self-awareness. When I meditate, I aim to view my thoughts objectively as a third person. We are not our thoughts. And when we practice observing our thoughts as a neutral third party, they lose a lot of control over us. Another great tool is, you know, when you notice a thought come up about yourself of, oh, I can't do that oh, she can do that, but I can't, whatever it is, just stop and ask yourself, okay, where's the truth? Where's the evidence in this that is proving that to me? If there is none, oh, maybe that's just a thought. Our thoughts are not our realities. Our thoughts are not us. And once we learn that, we have a lot more power to change our thoughts. The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer and A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle are two great books that explain this practice and mindset in more detail. They're probably my most recommended books because once you're able to shift your mindset into viewing your thoughts as an objective third party, holy shit, you've just unlocked so much. It's it's just so incredibly powerful. And so if you take anything away from this episode, let it be. Go pick up the untethered soul or go pick up a new earth and maybe start meditating. Okay, so third, we're developing this awareness. Now what? You have to develop the belief that you are in control of mastering your own narrative and harnessing your power. You are in control and you are able to release yourself from beliefs that don't serve you. You have to believe this to your core if you want to create lasting change. So again, coming back to that victim mindset that can keep us small, this is essentially shifting out of that victim mindset, saying, okay, yes, things can happen to me externally, but at the end of the day, I am in control of my own narrative and how I feel about myself. 
Okay, so, so important. Lastly, be patient. Becoming aware of the ways that you hold yourself back, reflecting on why you do it, and rewiring these thought patterns is not easy, okay? It is not easy, and it's uncomfortable, and it's often not a quick process. You have to remember that the beliefs you have about yourself that are keeping you small have been there for years and years. To expect to change them overnight is unrealistic, and setting those unrealistic expectations can lead to further negative feelings and beliefs. So there is no quick fix to developing a new narrative, but back to point three, it is totally possible. Okay. It's funny. Like I've reached points in my early twenties. I was doing a lot of this work. I've been working on this stuff for like probably five or six years now. And when I first started doing it, it's like, oh, I thought I figured it out. You know, it's like, okay, I got it. I got it. I'm in control now. My thoughts don't have power over me anymore. Not the case. I have had lots of highs and lows throughout this journey. I've had lots of times where I fall into that victim mindset. I fall into a scarcity mindset. It's not a one-time thing. It's not like, okay, you reach the other side and then you're there for the rest of your life. That's not how it works. Um, It takes consistent daily work to change these thoughts. And so what it looks like for me now, like I said, having put in a lot of work on this stuff for the past four or five, six years is really doing my best to keep up the daily practices that keep me away from that small mindset, that keep me in that abundance mindset and that growth mindset. For me, it's meditating as soon as I wake up before anything from the outside world can change my mindset. And it's moving my body before I jump into my day What I've really been focusing on is getting my mind right and getting my body right before anything else because once you do that, you just look at everything that comes across your day differently. So daily meditation, daily movement, there's lots of different things. Even just reading books, like reading The Untethered Soul. I go back to these books all the time. I've probably read them like four or five times each. Like I said, these these existing thoughts, these small thoughts have been with you for so long. You can't just one and done and they're gone. They still creep up for me all the time. What's changed is my level of awareness and my ability to effectively react to them, but it doesn't mean they're gone. So all this to say, sorry, I just went on a ramble, but be patient. Be patient with yourself, be kind with yourself, and thank yourself for committing to putting in this work, even though it's not easy, even though it's scary. Yeah, thank yourself, really. Couple other just quick things before we wrap up. I think working with a coach or therapist can make this navigation a lot easier, depending where you are in your journey, depending where you're starting from. It's not always necessary, but if you have the means, I think it's it's incredible to have someone to walk alongside you on this path. If you're a close friend of mine, you know I literally tell everyone I know to go to therapy. Like if you come to me with a problem, my answer will be you need to go talk to someone. Part of my wish in the world is just that everyone gets the point where they go to therapy. And it's not a thing of like, oh, you're mentally ill or oh, there's something wrong with you. It's just that everyone has something in their life that has led them to think less of themselves or think less of their potential. Like every single person, no one gets out of this life unscathed. And so go to therapy, go to therapy, okay? Another thing to work on changing your narrative is to act as if and seek experiences that make this new narrative evident. So you want to prove your potential to yourself and keep your word to yourself. And by changing our experiences, we also change our beliefs. So let's Take an example of this. Let's say you've always wanted to rock climb. I don't know why rock climb came to mind, (laughs) but you always want to rock climb, but you tell yourself, oh, I don't have the strength for that, or I'll embarrass myself, I'll look stupid. And so you've never gone. Well, one of the best ways 
to change that narrative is to go do it and realize, oh, I can rock climb. Okay, I wasn't perfect, but I can do it and I'm going to keep doing it. Kind of a stupid example, but becoming aware of the fear, pushing past it and doing something anyways, probably pleasantly surprise yourself. Okay, so I think that's the end of what I want to say here. I hope this was a helpful episode. Like I said, I wanted to make this episode because I've done so much keeping myself small over the years. It's not even funny. And I've been working to not do that anymore. Even starting this podcast was a huge step for me. I can't even describe how nervous I was launching this a year ago. If I didn't have Kelsey, it probably would have never come to fruition because of that fear. But I I think every single individual has so much potential to leave a mark on the world, whether that's just in the type of person you are, whether that's, you know, business or career or family, like whatever it is, I just think every single person has so many unique inherent gifts that are just you. And it just makes me sad to think that people go through their whole lives without ever realizing that because of fear and because they're choosing to keep themselves small, maybe not consciously choosing, but it is a choice. Um, And so I hope this episode gives you something to think about. Maybe there's some good takeaways in here for you. I hope. I hope. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. We will have more episodes coming out for you this week. So stay tuned and I will talk to you soon. Thank you.